0: you know that tune puts a smile on my face every time i hear it every time i hear it no matter what kind of day i'm having that tune comes on and i'm like you know what Jim, you hit the audio cues. You did it. You did it correctly. The podcast can go on. Congratulations. Uh, Thanks for joining us this week. I'm getting some very encouraging feedback from the panel. Thanks, everyone, for joining me here. Uh, I'm your host this week uh, for the Rec poker podcast. My name is Jim Reed. I'm Bluffsterini in the home game and at Rec poker gym on Twitter. I've got the best freaking job in the world because every Monday night I get to show up and hang out with these fantastic poker folks and talk about this game that I love so much and we do it here on the Rec poker podcast. Uh, the podcast is free like a lot of what we do here at Rec poker, whether it's the forums, the home games, the YouTube videos, the social events, uh, the meetup games, The uh, Zoom events, the live (laughs) events, uh, the newsletter, we do a lot of stuff. Uh, Most of it's free. We're a largely volunteer-based organization. Uh, So I have to thank our sponsors, the Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino. And I have to thank the other members of the Wrecking Crew, because you all get used to hearing my voice because they let me host the show on Monday nights. But I am just one cog in the machine that is Wreck Poker over here, and it takes a whole crew of people to make the magic happen we call them the wrecking crew and if you want to learn more about me or any of the other members of the wrecking crew you can go to wreck.poker slash crew or just listen up because you're going to meet a few of them right here tonight on the year
1: uh i'm kim kilroy i am pet Fat underscore 33 on twitter and furry 56 on the poker stars
2: home game and i'm rob Washam, and i'm rabman 50 just about everywhere
3: I'm Taylor Moss. You can find me on Twitter at Taylor underscore Moss
0: or Gopher for Boy TJM and the Rec Poker home game. And I mentioned at the top that most of what we do here is free and it's true, uh, but we've got a fantastic premium membership and it's a great way to support what we're doing here at Rec Poker. $15 a month doesn't sound like a lot to you, I hope, but it makes a big difference to us. It helps us out a lot. And if you if you if you're thinking about giving us a try, if you're a free community member, we've got over 1,150 uh, free community members. I hope you're having a fantastic time enjoying what we're doing here at Rec Poker. And a great way to support us is giving premium membership a try. If you use the code Rec Poker at checkout, you can get your first month for only five dollars. A couple of those fantastic people, truly the cream of the crop, who have decided to help us out uh, with their own premium membership subscription are Jim Cree and Stuart carriage. I love it when our premium members come and join us here on the podcast. Uh, so Jim and Stu, why don't you tell some folks, uh, what your handles are? If they, if they come across you in the home game, maybe they'll know that you're one of these nice folks that like to support Red Poker.
4: Uh, I'm Jim Cree. Uh, I play on the home games as uh, Jack all I give away my chips quite frequently. Um, this is not Aurora Borealis. It's a reflection off my head.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, dude. <Tim. laughs> um,
4: yeah, I've been playing Bar Leagues, and that's about it. Just Splashing around, looking to get it's better.
0: Great. It's great to have you here, man. You've made that. like we said last week, it's great that you've taken that great first step, and I'm excited to uh, get to know you as you get further and further into what we're doing here at Rec Poker. Like Stu, Stu, you've been around so long, you're practically running things around here. Where can people <laughs> get a hold of you?
5: Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty much uh, Stewie13 everywhere, most of the home games.
0: Nice. Well, thanks for all your support, guys. Um, We're going to be, we kind of are, we're doing a twofer here. Last week, we did, we took off from a forum post by Dingo about pregame mental playlists. And we talked a little bit about how to get psyched up for tournaments. But we also talked about how to target particular tournaments in a series uh, that's coming up so we're going to kind of take the next step in that conversation today and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, pre-game checklists mid-game checklists and post-game checklists it's just kind of ways that you can prepare the day of for a tournament to keep yourself sharp while you're playing what to be paying attention to and what to try and push out to the side and then once you're finished playing uh, what are some steps that you can take to reinforce some lessons to make sure that you're making good notes to share with your friends or in the rec poker forums and just to make the most out of the experience generally? So, um, I'll, I'll, uh, call on anyone who wants to contribute in the conversation, just unmute as usual. Um, Kim, what are some of the kind of pregame, uh, warm up activities that you feel like prepare you best when it's tournament day?
1: I, um, I find I do the best if I try and get a good night's sleep the night before. Mm. It's not always easy to do, especially if you've been playing a lot of poker. Um, But it's pretty important uh, if you want to stay focused for the day. I also, if I have time and it's a later start, I like to uh, get some exercise in the morning, whether it's going to the gym where I'm staying or going for a walk or something like that, or just doing some yoga in my room. I like to get a little bit of exercise. Also a really good meal to start the day, like oatmeal, something really healthy that will set you up uh, for the day. So you won't be crashing uh, a few hours into your playing session. And then I pack up a lunch, um, pack up a backpack full of, uh, healthy snacks, uh, lunch, and some drinks, and uh, head to the venue. And I do play some music. It's usually CCR or something like that to get me <laughs> motivated and going, um, and 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 happy to go yeah. be going to play and trying to get my mental and my head around the fact that this is something I'm choosing to do that makes me happy. That I to I want to be there.
0: Mm, I like that. And uh, Kim's going to be talking a lot about um, live games in particular. And I want our panel to talk about um, the experience of, of preparing for live games, but also uh, playing online and stuff like that. So I uh, think about that while you're while you're typing in here. Um, I really like this point about uh, from Kim about sort of getting some exercise first, getting your jitters out, you know, um, sleeping, sleeping while well and eating well are obviously key and uh, just like you need to be prepared to relax. You can be focused, but still be relaxed. You don't want to be hyped up. You don't want to be uh, on edge. You know, this is a marathon, not a sprint tournament mm-hmm. poker. And so you really want to be there for the long haul getting and none of us have infinite energy or focus either. So you really do have to kind of allow yourself to focus on what needs to be focused on. And and that takes building up reserves to to begin with. Rob.
2: Well, I like what Kim said about being prepared, getting a good night's sleep and um, having a good meal. And I think a lot of people, especially if they're in Vegas, there's so much going on. It's just like it's party town. You can get yourself into these uh, modes where you're just go, 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 go. And then you look at your watch and go, oh, God, my poker tournament's starting in 40 minutes. I better get over to the venue. And then you're rushing around. And by the time you sit down at the table, you are scatterbrained. You have no idea what's going on. So I think it's important to realize um, what you're going to be doing the next day and preparing for that starting the day before, like Kim said, getting a good night's sleep. Get in, you know, especially if you're you're going to be doing a full WSOP schedule, there's a lot of ways that you can register for tournaments that are nice and easy. They got kiosks everywhere. But if you're just going to be doing a one-off here or a one-off there, it might be easier just to get in get into the tournament the day before. Mm. Get your entry the day before the tournament starts. Then you don't have to screw with that when you get there. Get there early. And what I like to do is get there early. And I like to find a, a nice, quiet spot if I can. And just sit for five, ten minutes and just um, do some really mindful meditation. Just to just to get yourself focused on what you're about to do to make sure you're ready to go so you're in a very relaxed mood when you sit down at the table. You're not rushing around in the morning trying to get there. That's really
1: good. Jim? I really like that, that what Rob said about sort of um, being mentally prepared and, and also it can, you can get frustrated really easily if you've left it to go into the lines and the lines are long and you know your tournament's starting and, you're, and you can just get really frustrated and you can go on tilt before you're anywhere close to the, t- the poker table. So I really like the idea of registering the day before. But also if you don't and you wake up and you're not feeling your best and you don't know, you can give yourself permission to register late if you want to to go to the tournament late, to get into that frame of mind, or even skip your tournament for the day if you don't think that you're going to be playing your A game. Because your money can go quick in Vegas on these tournaments. And if you don't think you're going to play your A game that day, it's probably not worth going to play it.
0: That's that's a great point. Jim?
4: Uh, I haven't played in a long time, but when I was playing live, I found if I got there too early as well, you're just sitting there at the table, and you're just you lose focus as well that way too. In my, I don't know about you guys, but
0: yeah, no, because you can get kind of anxious, like just sitting there. Your brain's kind of getting going into override, overdrive rather. Um, and this was going to be something that I, I, I recommend mid-game as well. Is take just take a little walk. You get you get you're there a little early. Just step away from the table. Take a little walk. Walk around the room. Um, check out the rooms nearby you can still be in game mode uh but don't let don't like like Jim is saying it's a really good point. don't just kind of sit there and let yourself go crazy try and try and uh use it productively um Taylor had something that I think Stuart yeah
3: I mean really good points here I mean i like Kim was saying like to understand like what's going on uh timing things out late registration are you gonna be waiting and those types of things like they, those are the types of things that get under my skin or like I get anxious about like having to wait or am I in the right spot or doing these types of things. So anything I can do to prepare uh, just helps me like mentally as I'm going into these tournaments. So whatever you can do to help out those things, like like Jim saying, like don't be too early. Like I don't like being too early. Uh, I also don't like being late. Uh, so how can I time out things right? How can I make sure I'm making it through the, you know, the registration line, should I get it ahead of time? And just trying to like plan things out. The more I can plan and like be on a schedule uh, helps me. So I'm not getting anxious about, like Rob was saying, I got to be to my tournament in this amount of time. Like that, that bugs me. Whatever you can do to stop that, I think just helps you mentally and lets you focus on playing.
0: Stu?
5: Yeah. Another thing with um, registering and starting on time or early, sometimes there's only four players at the table. Mm. I'd rather have a full table to start. So um, as you know, I travel with a couple of friends and we usually took a bit of strategy before we go. And we usually late reg for most tournaments and it seems to work out. Yeah. I don't like being at a table when they start with three or four players.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: No, me neither.
5: Yeah. I prefer to register later.
0: Yep. And I think, depending on what you're trying to get out of the series, we talked about this a bit last week. Um, you know, there's some pretty compelling arguments that late regging is actually a, a way to increase your ROI. Um, and the trade-off is, it's just less time that you get to experience sitting in the tournament from the beginning on day one. But that's a great point, Stu, because I've, I've registered because I, I I'm an, I'm an early guy. I like to get all that stuff sorted out. Um, it's, it's, people can make fun of me for it. Um, but I've been in that position where I show up, there's like nine players with half of their chips in the well, and I'm playing there with shorthanded with three other people for the first hour of the tournament. The blinds are coming by super fast. That's not sort of like what I was prepared for um, when I when I came to play a full ring event. So that that's another really good point. Uh, uh, Taylor, did you want to respond? And then Kim? Oh, no, like
3: Kim Guy, I have a different thing to I, was
1: gonna, I was gonna. I was going to say on the other side, of a lot of our community might be going down for the first time or it's their one big trip for the year and everybody wants to get full uh, experience. And in that case, I like starting on time. I like going in and getting your ticket, like Rob said the night before, getting all mentally prepared the day off, going out and sussing out your table, where your seat is, you know, and I mean, so you play shorthanded for a little while. It usually fills up pretty quick and you're pretty deep at that time. So you don't have to worry about losing too much. I don't think if you can, uh, if, if you're going for the full Vegas experience, then I, as a lot, I, I personally do register late a lot, but I think that for people that are, are going to, and and they want the experience of playing and it's not their job to go and play uh that it's it's nice to be able to start on time and get the full the full, full Yeah, play. get the
0: full experience. Yeah, 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 no, 100%, 100%. And even if you are playing a little short-handed at first like Kim points out you're this is the deepest you're ever going to be in the tournament and as long as you don't just get crazy out of line um, maybe there'll be some setup deck that takes you out early. But for the most part, just play small pots and play in position. and um eventually the the table will fill out, and you'll be back in your groove there, uh, too.
3: yeah, the the other thing that I'd add in terms of like the things that I do before a tournament, uh, it sounds corny, but I envision myself winning the tournament. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's not the the end. Hey, here I am holding the trophy, and I've won the tournament. It's no, like, what are the steps that are going to happen today that are going to, like, take me along that path? I'm not just going to win every single all-in that I get in. I'm, you know, I'm going to make it to the halfway point, and I'm going to have to be navigating somewhat tight opening ranges and uh, how I'm going to play against aggressive opponents, and I'm going to get close to the bubble when I get to the bubble, I'm either going to have a big stack and I'm going to be able to apply a lot of pressure or I'm not. And I'm going to have to be very selective of hands and I'm going to find myself, you know, folding pocket jacks preflop so I can you know, make it into the money. And I'm going to get to the final two tables and I'm going to start to get nervous, Uh, but I'm going to be get- dealt big hands and, you know, big spots and like do those types of things. And like just like envisioning that I think like helps me like slow down when I'm in the moment. So that when it's not just this upward progression the whole way throughout and I hit a bump, I'm not like struggling. I, I've, you know, kind of thought through this and talked to myself and said, OK, you know, I'm going to lose an all in. But it was a small one. I, I'll get the next one. And like the next spot is going to be good for me. And then it's going to you know keep my momentum going towards winning this tournament.
0: That's a really good point, because I think most of the most of our listeners, they're not playing poker every day. And so when you come to a tournament like this, this is going to be something that's unusual or it's just going to be something that's not an everyday occurrence. And it's just like anything else. We get a little rusty. Maybe we're not, you know, we don't have the perfect muscle memory for how we're going to encounter, uh, how we're going to handle every situation that we encounter. So another thing that I like to do, um, if I'm playing at home, if I'm if I'm playing online, I'll open up Poker Tracker 4 and I'll just review a previous tournament that I played. And I'll just set the filter for VPIP and I'll just quickly scroll through every hand that I played in that tournament and just like remind myself <laughs> how many boring moments there are where you're just folding, folding, folding and not getting the hands that you need. Um I'll also try and uh just like review hands that went to showdown and just kind of practice some hand reading while I'm going. Um I also want to Put myself. I want to visualize the kind of situations I'm going to be in, various preflop sizings, um, you know, uh, uh, ICM scenarios that I might encounter. So that when I'm playing live, I'm not just shaking the rust off and thinking about it for the first time that day. I think um, pre- pre-game hand review is a really good way to kind of get the juices flowing. And to kind of knock some rust off and put yourself in a position to continue making good decisions on the felt. And um, if you're not playing at home, if you're at a live tournament, I mean, I love Range Trainer Pro. I'll just plug it because if you go to rec.poker slash resources, you can get a great discount on Range Trainer Pro. and It's my favorite training tool for this. But um, anything that you can do to, to put yourself through some drills, to simulate the decision making process of being at the table, um, just drill yourself on so a certain depth, a certain scenario, a certain set of ranges. And what you really want to do is just get your mind making poker decisions before it's actually happening on the felt, whether that's the the actual felt or that you felt. Uh, Kim?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of us, and this is mainly for people that are going down for the first time, perhaps. we're playing used to playing our local events or we're used to playing online where the uh, blinds are really quick and it, it's you really have to remember if you're going to play some wsop events most of them have one hour blind levels and this is an unbelievable amount of time that people are not used to and you the number one thing you have to take to the poker table above all the food and all the drinks is your patience yes. and you just have to wait for it so wait for the spots to come to you because they will. You don't have to force it.
0: Uh, Rob, you had something in Jim?
2: Yeah, I like to um, prior to sitting down or right after I sit down early at the table, you know I'll sit down five to ten minutes early. and what I'll do is I'll get up my I'll set up my uh, OneNote on my phone and I'll put a number for every seat at the table. And I will make a mental note before I start that I'm going to pay attention to what all these different players are doing, even when I'm not in a hand. So we talk about no distractions. The only time my phone is open is when I'm making a note, because I don't know how many live streams I've watched where you see all these people, the minute they throw their, muck their cards are in there texting or doing whatever. And I'm thinking, well, you're, how much information are you missing? So the when we talk about being prepared, you want to be focused. You want to have your attention focused on what's going on. I think a good way of doing that is to force yourself to make some notes about the players. And then as you're doing that, you're going to see that there's certain players that you don't want to play a pot with. Just say, "Okay, I'm I'm going to avoid, you know, this guy at all, you know, I'm not going to get involved unless something really you know, big is happening. Otherwise, I just think I'm just gonna bypass any opportunities to push myself against this guy. But there's three other guys at the table that or three other people at the table that, you know, I'm I, I can get chips from them. And that's <laughs> who I'm gonna be focusing on. So if I'm taking those notes, I'm I'm focusing on what's going on even when I'm not in a hand, and then I know which types of players that are on the table that I want to be able to get my chips from.
0: I love that. And Rob, you're so good at maintaining that focus and taking notes. You and I have talked about taking notes before, and uh, it's a real skill and it takes practice. Uh, So I'm glad that you I'm glad that even you need to sort of ground yourself and give yourself that kind of focus to start. Uh, Jim Cree, what's on your mind?
4: I just wanted to ask about that. Like, I don't know how many times I'll just go deep and then just spew, just totally spew everything. It just does I just get totally off track and not paint. I don't know. I just how do you keep the focus late
0: That's that's a great question. So perfect pivot. Uh so let's uh unless anyone has any other pregame thoughts. Stu, did you wanna chime in on No, that sorry. One? This was this was game. Okay, okay, perfect. So yeah, so let's start talking about now you're at the place or you're 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 in the tournament online, let's say. Um and what we're trying to do is just continue making Excellent poker decisions. Uh, Stu, why don't we start with you? What are what are some ways that we can, or what are some things that we should be thinking about or, or should have on our checklist mid-game while we're playing?
5: Well, one thing Kim has us doing when we're playing is making notes of certain hands we played so that we can review them later to see, you know, making mistakes or how we could have played it different. So we try to do a couple of hands um, and then we maybe go back to the hotel and we'll talk about them or during break or so that was one thing we do. And that kind of helps. Mm. Um, It doesn't help at the time if you make a big mistake, but um, you know, just something to talk about with a friend. And another thing um, we do, we usually have a percentage of each other, which makes the game fun during the game. So if we're all going deep, but I have maybe 5% of each other if we playing the same tournament, so that, that makes it more interesting for us when they're playing.
0: And actually, um, something that both of those uh, things have in common is that I think they also add a layer of kind of like accountability as well. I think when we are taking notes that we are expecting to share with people um, and when we know that we've swapped 5% with someone, it's it's really it's not just us anymore and i think it actually can help our uh decision making process at the table if we kind of think about oh well, you know there's actually someone kind of watching over my shoulder maybe i should think about this decision a little further maybe i don't need to just do my knee jerk reaction here but i should actually kind of consider because i'm going to have to talk to somebody about this later um that could that kind of accountability can help us maybe maybe just take our hand off the mouse as rob likes to say and just kind of think it through and make sure we're not making any silly decisions that we'll regret later. Kim?
1: Yeah. I find sometimes my w- mind wanders and I sort of get off in the middle of a tournament and I'm uh, not focused. any. I find I'm not focused anymore. There's um, I think somebody, I don't know if we've interviewed them or not. Jason Sue. he's Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Has a lot of sort of short things you can do on sort of mindfulness to just bring yourself and breathing techniques to just bring yourself back into the moment and back into the poker game. So you can you can those there's resources out there online you can look at. And for me just doing some breathing and like just like just start focusing on that and just coming back into the moment um will bring me sort of back to the game. And if that's not working, I'll just get up and I'll go, I'll I'll stretch behind my chair and I'll just sort of try and take some deep breaths in. Uh, stretch out my legs, uh, that kind of thing to just sort of bring me back because if I find myself playing silly hands or spewing chips like Jim said, then I know that I'm not really focused on the game and I have to sort of bring myself back into it.
0: That's really good. Um, yeah, Jason actually has, um, again, if you go to our uh, shop under Learning Partners, uh, you can get a discount on Jason Sue's Presence and Profit course, which gets out a lot of that. But he also has a ton of a free, uh, meditative, uh, examples and, and, uh, disciplines and exercises that you can use. And, uh, Rob, I know you've enjoyed those as well in the past. And it, it, listen, it sounds a little corny, you know, breathing exercises. I don't know if people out there, if they feel a little stigma, uh, about this, but honestly, it's just, it's a physiological fact. You, you can, you can affect your your mood, your focus, um, your attention, by the way that you breathe, by the way that you are being mindful. Um, so if, if you're skeptical, I would encourage you to give it a try. Rob? Well,
2: I was just uh, reminded of something that Trisha, Dr. Tricia Gardner talks about, and mm-hmm. that's there's a certain amount of time that you are able to focus. And there's a, it's like anything else. After a certain amount of time, you're going to start to lose that focus. It's very hard to do. And so I like what Kim was saying about standing up, stretching, moving a little bit, doing some breathing, you know, just stepping away for a second just to um, revitalize and I guess get your blood moving again, Uh, take those deep breaths, get that meditative thing back so that you can sit down and you can focus again. So on the breaks, very important to not find your buddy that's in the also tournament with you and talk about all your bad beats. You don't want to do that. You, what you want to do is you want to go find, you know, take a little walk. If you can find a place to get some quiet time, refocus, do some breathing, um, and then be able to focus again for the next amount of time until your next break. I think that's so, so important. Mm.
0: Yeah. I, I jotted down a couple ideas to share, um, as we were talking about this today and, uh, the first one that occurred to me for, for while you're playing was write it down and forget about it. And it, part of it is about taking excellent notes at the table, but then part of it is understanding that the time to review those notes and think about those hands is later. Unless you're actually going to pull something exploitable about an opponent at the table that you're playing against right now, bad beats, good beats, big hands, small hands, you're getting dealt one hand of poker at a time. That's the hand that you should be focusing on and to find a way to just put the rest uh, put the rest out of your mind. Um, the note taking that a couple of our members have been talking about here tonight is so crucial. And I encourage folks to find a system that works for you. Um, sometimes it might be a pen or pen paper. I do find like uh, Rob and some of our other members here doing it on your phone is an easy way to do it. It keeps it organized. You can transfer it to another medium if you want to that way. Uh personally I started about a year ago I started using Trello. It's a free app for this and it just has a series of cards that you can place in whatever order you like. So I play in a ca- in a regular cash game sometimes and so I I have all the tells and notes on players on their card and then depending on who sits at my table that night I can just kind of put them in the order of 1 to 9 and uh, that's a nice easy way to do it. Also, you know, I I've, I've used Twitter as a way to take notes on hand sometimes because I kind of enjoy the feedback and sharing it with Poker uh, members. So instead of actually taking it in Evernote, I'll actually just put all the details of a hand into a tweet and send it out. And uh, again, I'm probably not going to be paying that much attention to it until after the tournament, but I also like that kind of accountability. For me, it helps me take it just a little more seriously if i know i'm gonna have to talk about it after and um you know i'm as prone to punting it off as anybody else so that helps a lot kim
1: well i i really like i take my notes on my phone as much as i can um there is a hand history keyboard you can get that's free to download that makes note taking about poker easy there's an h for here it prints it all out for you in short form um but I can't stress enough that you just gotta stay off social media for the most part mm-hmm. when you're playing at the poker table. Because if you don't, you'll you might miss all kinds of action that happened at the table that's going to help you uh to take chips. So and you may not even be in the hand, but if you've missed something big that's happened, um, and because you've been busy on your phone, scrolling Facebook or texting friends, then you know you went wow I wonder what happened on that what happened on the flop What happened on... and you haven't been watching so I think it's it's really important to only if you have to go on social media fine but just do it really quick and only for a few seconds try not to spend your whole time on it when you're not in a hand just because you're bored at the poker table try to focus on what's going on.
0: Yes. And also, it, it really does break your focus to, to start thinking about things that aren't poker um, can be a real problem to your flow. So um, like Kim said, and I think everyone's made a good point of saying just kind of distraction is the enemy of excellence here. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to be laser focused the whole time. And in fact, it's important that you kind of give yourself mental breaks so that you're not overtaxing yourself. Because like I say, this is a mar- marathon, not a sprint. There's going to be moments later in the tournament where you're going to need these reserves of focus to be able to pay attention. And so um, finding that balance can be important. Um, when I used to play a lot more um, online, I used to multi-table a lot more. I had, one, I had a series of little post-its around my monitor, and one of them said, play your stack. And this is, I think it's, it's kind of a question of discipline, but it's also kind of a question of confidence. I think once you are, once you're played enough that you feel comfortable playing a 50 big blind stack, a 30 big blind stack, a 15 big blind stack, an eight big blind stack, like I'm pretty comfortable with what to do with six big blinds. And what that means is that when I'm at 12 big blinds, 11 big blinds, nine big blinds, I'm not anxious and I'm not trying to manufacture a spot. Um, because I, I'm comfortable playing my stack. And if you're comfortable playing your stack, then you're gonna know when the right spot comes around, that's the time to take your spot. Don't, don't, and like Kim said earlier, these um structures in a lot of the tournaments that that what well, in structures where you have a lot of time, use the time. Um, you might have a lot more time than you think. And and, you know, the other, the other thing I want to mention at this point is in order to know your stack you also kind of need to know the structure you need to know when the blinds are going up uh when the aunt- when the antes are out of whack and it might make it more or less worthwhile trying to steal blinds um you know keep an eye are you getting close to the bubble you know having having a sense of where you are in the tournament what you really want is to avoid is you want to avoid that feeling of i've just made my action oh wait what like that is the worst. That is the worst feeling in the world. Where it's like, oh, why didn't I just think about that five seconds before I pushed all my chips in the middle? So um, you know, play your stack, be comfortable, don't rush, and you know, take the time. Rob said this before, take your hand off the mouse. Just take your hand off the mouse. Don't don't do anything on autopilot. Now, Kim?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm just going to jump ahead a little bit because we're going pretty long on this um, and see if the panel has any ideas here. If you're lucky enough to beg for a a multi-day tournament or you've just finished a long day of poker, whether you've ended up in the money or not, and you're finished for the day, I have a very difficult time turning my brain off Mm. and getting to sleep. And especially when I have a day two to play the next day. I'm going. Okay, they're going to put out the table draw. I'm going to have to find out who, who I'm playing against, and i my mind is is going crazy. And I want to know if anyone on this panel has any ideas, sort sort of heavy drug therapy, to <laughs> to get a good night's sleep uh, after. And and as I know, a lot of poker players suffer from this, suffer from not being able to sleep after a a long playing session.
0: That's a sure. good one. I know Jim's got one. Before Jim jumps in, I just want to share my last thought for mid game while you're playing is uh, if you're especially if you're used to playing online and now you're playing live pot size and stack sizes can be a little uh, overwhelming or intimidating because your, your brain has to do a bunch of math that the computer was doing before. Um, one thing that's really helpful is uh, I just play with a stack of 10 big blinds off to the side of my stack. Out of my stack, I just take 10 big blinds out, whatever 10 big blinds is for that blind level. And I just put that right next to my stack. And I I always know when I'm getting low, I always know what 10 big blinds looks like. So I can do some quick math and see just like at a glance, see what it is. Whatever the number is, it's helpful for you. Maybe it's 20. Um, But I just, for me, it helps me like that's what 10 big blinds is. So I can see, okay, I've got about 25 or something like that. Um, just give your brain uh, a little break. Um, all right, Jim, sorry, well, you were saying something about uh, post-game or uh, getting a good night's sleep after the fact. A couple shots of Patron usually works. <laughs> it does help. It does help. It just, just quit it after a couple because you got another game to play the next morning. I like that idea. Um, I take a page out of Die Hard. I'll take my shoes and socks off and go walk around on the carpet and get the carpet in between my toes that kind of defrays some of uh, some of my nervous energy and helps me relax a little bit. What about you, Rob? Oh, no, Jim, I you want to go say that? it?
4: What hotel are you staying at that has shag enough <laughs> to go on your toes? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. We'll have to do a trip report this year and see if we can find some good diehard carpet in the in the hotel. Sorry, Rob. What's up?
2: Well, you know they. Um... Cannabis is legal in Nevada now, so oh, that's you true. can go to the cannabis shop, get a little gummy, and have a little gummy on just before you go to bed, and you you'll sleep like a baby. I heard, I've heard. Mm. I wouldn't know yeah. that from personal experience, but I've heard. No, no I, I don't. <laughs> I, I agree with Kim hundred percent. After the end of the day, you're just hyped, you know, because you've made the you've made the bag, you know, and you you know you're just and every hand that you've played is going through your head and it's hard to turn that off. And I think, um, anytime I've had trouble falling asleep, I start to go through my meditation practice, counting my breaths, counting my breaths. And, you know, I might get to 10 and then lose track because now my brain's thinking again. Well, keep going until you're, until you can continue continue that count and continue that count and continue that count. And pretty soon you'll, You'll get to that point where you can fall asleep and you'll have forgotten about all that stuff that you're so hyped up about when you get there. So I think for me, it's always been meditation has worked really well in those spots. But like we talked about at the beginning, you're preparing now for the next day. So you need to do these things to make sure that you're ready to be focused and pay attention the next day
0: i love that uh taylor you look like you have something there
3: yeah i i struggle with this a ton um i don't know the proper way of like going about it but um anything that i can do to like take my mind off of poker i think helps um even if it's you know like go like do a sudoku or a crossword puzzle or some some sort of other like mental thought that is not poker because otherwise I'm going to keep thinking about poker and like, I'm excited about this now because I've bagged or like, I've got this like going on. And it's like, I need to like, take my brain away from that for a bit. Um, it still doesn't help all that much. Um, but <laughs> I think that's also part of the joy of like, you know, the excitement that we get when we're playing poker. Like, that's part of the things that we, we live and we play for. So um, there is that to it, too. I, I don't want to like necessarily lose that feeling.
0: Yeah, I like that. Uh, and Jim types in the chat here, adrenaline. No, that's that's real. That's that's exactly what it is. And um, it's it's part of the excitement. Like Taylor says, that's what we're here for. That's why we enjoy the game, the highs and the lows of this of this competition. Um, whether you're playing live or online, I think is crucially important. Now's the time for some hand review. Now it's all fresh in your mind. So go over the notes that you were making if you're playing live. Make sure that the details line up with what you have in mind. Um, I don't know how much time you have that night before. I mean, maybe you have time to share some of that information with other people, put it in a forum post, uh, text it to a friend, tweet it or something like that. Um, But you're probably better off just honestly leaving that until you're at the other end of this whole experience. You're going to have the notes. But now's the time to just refresh. Make sure the details are right. If you're playing at home, if you're playing online, I guess I should say, while you're playing, tag hands. If you're playing with Poker Tracker, it'll make a lot of the notes for you, but add tags. Tag hands. I've got a tag that I use that just says live and unsure. And if I just want to review that spot later, I just throw that tag on it. And then as part of my wind down at the end of the day, I always make sure that if I'm not reviewing the entire tournament, which can take a long time, (laughs) you never know, um, you are at least reviewing the tagged hands and you want to see, okay, are there mistakes that I'm making consistently? Am I making bad assumptions about the player pool? Am I actually making great assumptions? I'm just getting unlucky because they happen to have aces that time. Um, Review a little, like I say, and just kind of put all those pieces into their puzzle pieces in your brain that'll help a little bit too by kind of having some of those loose ends resolve themselves and giving yourself some answers Um, maybe that'll help you get a little sleep at night but i can't i cannot emphasize enough how important it is to review hands before you start the tournament get those juices flowing and then review hands when you're finished the hands from that day uh to just make sure that you've You've recorded them correctly. You've gleaned what you need to from them. And uh, you can always review them again the next morning. That's another great way. If if it's a multi-day tournament, you should probably, again, you're probably on a table redraw, but you might be, you might have some of the same players at the table, depending on the field size. Um, Maybe you can look at, uh, like Kim mentioned earlier, you can kind of research who's going to be at your table in advance. You can start thinking about how to exploit them or who you have to play defense against, that kind of thing. Um, Okay, any other final thoughts, folks? What else can people do after they've played to set themselves up for success and to also kind of maximize the the poker uh, experience that they're having there, Rob?
2: More often than not, I'm beating myself up in my car on my way home. Yep, yep. But that's just what I do, though. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Kim,
1: that's what I was going to say. Because most often you've actually busted, and you're going right. home, and you know you're going to go back the next day and play another tournament, and have to start all over again, right from the beginning. So it's it's yeah, that's that's another tough one where you just have to sort of try and do something to unwind, try and get back in the routine of getting some sleep, having a good breakfast, getting some exercise and starting it all over again and remembering that it's your happy place and it's where you want to be.
0: (laughs) That's right. That's right. And if you're an MTT player, if you're a multi-tournament, if you're a multi-table tournament player, listen, you're going to lose a lot. You know, excellent players, excellent players cash between like 15 and 20% of the time that they play, which means that, 80 to 85 percent of the time that we play we're losing we're walking away with nothing and not just us but the best players in the world so you gotta get right with losing because it's gonna happen a lot and it's never gonna feel like you deserved it it's always gonna be totally unfair and this stupid game is rigged and why the hell do we even play poker this donkey over here how can he have twos there you know like um, the, the, it, 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 you're going to lose a lot. You're going to lose a lot. So it really matters that when you, those, those 15% of the time that you don't lose, that you don't lose your cool while you're playing, that you maximize your ability to hit as big a prize as possible. Um, because most of the time, you know, poker, poker players, we're going to go home with nothing. And, and that has to be something that you're okay with or else. Think about game selection a little bit and I will, I'll leave the show after this thought. If anyone else, anything else they want to add, just think about it now. Um, play smaller fields, you know, play cash games. Um, not everything has to be, uh, a shoot for the stars, huge field prestige event. Um, if you, if you, if you find that you are getting frustrated at the end of a series of, of MTT days, you know, just there's nothing wrong with just taking a shot in MTTs every once in a while and uh, playing smaller field tournaments or single table tournaments uh, or cash games or something else like that as well. It's just as fun. Um, You, you get to win more often. You just don't get to win quite as much up at the, uh, up at the very top. So just remember we're here for fun. We're here to enjoy the game. And if we can make some money while doing it, then, I mean, we are really ahead of the curve. If you're listening to this, you're already a, a thoughtful poker player. And I guarantee you, you're going to be doing a lot better than 90% of the poker players that you see out there at 1-2 and 1-3 or in your local casino dailies and that kind of thing that just want to show up and have fun. Um, it can be fun, but, you know, a little discipline, a little practice, a little forethought. It's a lot more fun when you win. So give yourself the best possible chance to do that. Well, uh, this was a really good conversation. Thank you, uh, Stu and Jim, for joining us as premium members. I think we got a lot out of your contributions today. Uh, Kim, Rob, and Taylor, as always, we couldn't do this without you. Uh, Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack Casino, and you, the listeners, thank you for your support, and we'll see you again next week,